0: Irene. Irene. Irene, Don't touch me. Listen to me, Irene. I don't even know who you are. I'm the same person I was yesterday.
1: I can't hear any more of your lies, true
0: My name is Vincent. All right, Vincent Anton Freeman, and I'm a faith birth or a degenerate, whatever you want to call it. But I am not a murderer.
2: You're a godchild.
0: But we do have one thing in common. Only I don't have 20 or 30 years left in mine. Mine is already 10,000 beats overdue. It's not possible. You are the authority on what is not possible, aren't you, Irene? They have got you looking so hard for any flaw that after a while, that's all that you see. For whatever it's worth, I'm here to tell you that it is possible. It is possible.
2: Hi, everyone, and welcome to Smoking and Drinking in Space. This is a sci-fi podcast from a couple guys who think they know sci-fi. I'm Jason. I'm Red. And this week, we discuss Andrew Nichols' retro sci-fi film that takes a deep look at the possible repercussions of a eugenic society. It's 1997's Gattaca. But first, uh, let's go over some sci-fi news. What do you have this week, Red?
1: It was pretty lean pickings. The only thing I could find... It seems like society has turned against me yet again. <laughs> or I have simply fallen to the wayside yet again. But whenever I start screaming Coping out science fiction news, I get superhero shit.
2: The superheroes is definitely at the forefront of of kind of sci-fi adjacent news I right now. I don't
1: see it. I think that they belong in their own category. That's how cool I think superhero stuff is. I just, I, I. It's tough. So there's well, a lot of stuff that I could be reporting on, but I just choose not to because it involves spandex.
2: Well, superheroes. I mean. The superhero genre is kind of a subgenre that crosses over both fantasy and sci-fi. So I would consider it sci-fi news if you've got some superhero stuff. No,
1: I don't. And I've told you why. Oh, okay. It's spandex. It's like, damn, there is a lot of superhero stuff out there. But I did find something that's kind of thrown back into old school sci-fi. And that is they've got a new trailer out for the Godzilla King of the Monsters. Cool. you're not yeah, get any was... more yeah you're not gonna get any more sci-fi than Godzilla
2: yeah I mean sci Godzilla is definitely a kind of a sub-genre of a monster flick too so um
1: well science fiction you could say is I mean Mary Shelley and Frankenstein
2: right right
1: yeah or crossing over
2: the original science fiction story yeah
1: then you've got just you know is it fiction or is it non-fiction i mean it's just to me science fiction is like star wars star trek godzilla movies uh planet of the apes sure um you know things like that uh uh, then of course you like the classics like 2001 obviously Mm-hmm. But you know, Spider Man. I just don't see as science fiction to me. That's more fantasy. And well, but evil. look at
2: sci- look at Spider Man's origins. He was bitten by a radioactive spider that was part of a lab experiment. So that's definitely science fiction.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, I see where you're at. I do. I do. I just think if it's if it's beginnings. Are based upon or through a comic book, as its birth, then it's superhero stuff.
2: But uh, yeah, once again, superheroes is kind of like a, a subgenre of, of yeah. Sci-fi but if, and if you go back to
1: some of our earlier podcast episodes, you didn't want to discuss any superhero stuff because it wasn't science fiction. What's I happened don't, to you? I
2: don't want to cover any superhero movies because they are. Uh, a very well-defined subgenre in, of, in and of themselves. Yeah, that's and my position. And that would greatly inflate our movie list. I mean, there's there's more uh, other sci-fi type movies that we could cover, and superhero movies have you know a lot of coverage on them already. So yeah,
1: actually, I've started finding, and I you know there's I've, I've heard some conspiracy theories. About how if you talk around your phone or your computer, suddenly you'll start seeing pop-ups related to your conversation topics.
2: Yeah, that's not
1: really a conspiracy theory. I have been noticing some podcasts and YouTube things popping up on my, hey, we think you might like to watch this, covering shit like Battlestar Galactica and episodes <laughs> and people doing really? shit we're doing. Yes, the last couple of weeks, yeah. <laughs> big brother, big brother.
2: That's funny yeah so um but no i as far as covering news items no i have no problems covering you know
1: well some fantasy if something catches you know my eye then i'll go ahead and mention it but for now all i've got is this godzilla king of monsters trailer i watched it's about a minute and a half and it looks like a stereotypical japanese lots of character development Mm -hmm. and visually stunning
2: well, I think the last few Godzilla movies were pretty visually stunning as oh, well. No, they this, were a little this, thin on plot though.
1: Well, this is only a minute and a half. Yeah, I
2: just I think that's a well that they keep going back to and I think it's run dry and they're basically they have, scraping up ooh. some muck off the bottom.
1: They 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 might be, but see, I think what they're doing here is is just a retelling because they're not introducing any new monsters. They got Ghidorah, Mothra, Rodan, Godzilla, but um, they've just made them look a lot cooler. And it's, it's, you know, like I was telling you, they did with Star, Bla- Star Blazers. Pardon me, Space Battleship Yamato, the live action. It's just really visually pleasing. And, uh, you know, of course, it's War- Warner Brothers Legendary Films along with, uh, you know, what is it, Toho or... I can't think of the name of the production company. Right, yeah. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, it looks like it's going to be awesome. There's going to be a lot of kids want to go out and buy their own three-foot-tall Godzilla action figure to go stomp down whatever Lego fortress they build. It ought to be a lot of fun. It should make money. Nice. What else you got? That's it.
2: All right. So, I've got a few news items this week. Uh, The first one uh, concerns Night Flyers, uh, which is coming out on Sci-Fi. Sci-Fi yeah, we mentioned is, that. Yeah, Sci Fi is actually going to air all 10 episodes of Night Flyers from December 2nd to December 13th at 10 o'clock Eastern. So, cool. Set your DVRs, get your alarm ready if you're interested in Night Flyers because you get to watch them all in sequence day after and day and you can be done with them in 10 I, days.
1: While well, I was looking through because I saw something like that, but like when I on uh, CNET. They've got night flyers. Is no Game of Thrones? Oh, really? The title on CNET. So I don't know if that's well, good or bad. I mean, right now my son and his friends are binge watching the first five years. They're just finishing up three years or year three
2: of Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah. Game of Thrones is an excellent series. So, and I mean, there's certain restrictions that they're going to have on, on sci-fi that they don't have on HBO. So, they can't really make night flyers in the same vein as...
1: I've never seen any of uh, the Game of Thrones. So. Oh, you really should. They're, they're I've excellent. heard it gets a little raunchy.
2: Oh, yeah. There's definitely nakedness. It's a lot of violence. A lot uh, of blood.
1: Yeah. yeah.
2: Lots of a lot nakedness. A lot of of blood.
1: Kind of uh, like actual human history. You think? I, I'm kind of thinking, yeah. <laughs> right. Not quite uh, the sanitized version you get in public schools.
2: <laughs> true, true. So my next item is that Facebook has signed a deal with Fox to stream Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Angel. Facebook?
1: Whoa, and, whoa, whoa. Facebook yep. streams?
2: Yeah, yeah. They, they've they gone into uh, streaming video. So Wow, when did this happen? I don't know. I don't use Facebook, so... Oh, well,
1: that's why I don't know.
2: But Firefly is also on that list. So it's Buffy, Angel, and Firefly. They're all for free. Um, this is still not going to get me to go back to Facebook. I can find all three of those series elsewhere and not have to deal with the toxic trash that is Facebook.
1: How do you really feel?
2: Um, I, yeah, I should probably stop holding back. <laughs>
1: I just didn't have any friends. <laughs> right. No, those, so those I mean, damn games would remind you of it too. It's like, hey man, if you get if you can get five people to sign up, you'll get this bonus booster pack. And I'm like, I don't have my friends.
2: Right, right. No, I just I got sick of waiting through all the stupid shit that was on my Facebook feed to get yeah. to you know the one or two nuggets of things that I actually gave a crap about.
1: Yeah, I can understand that. No, I tried. I tried MySpace when it came when it was about when it was just beginning to die. And I thought MySpace was kind of cool. Oh my god, really? MySpace
2: made my eyes bleed and, and my ears then- bleed.
1: And then uh, and my they computer said the Facebook bead. was going to be popular, and I looked at Facebook, and that looked really boring compared to MySpace. It was so USA, your USA Today kind of format. There wasn't any kind of eye candy at all.
2: Liberace's wardrobe is boring comp- compared to MySpace.
1: Well, I haven't been on either in, Jesus, a decade. You
2: haven't been on Liberace's wardrobe in a decade?
1: Oh, Yeah. It's Mm. been a while. Is is, is MySpace even still a thing? Yeah, I think it is. Wow. But anyway, um, no, so I just, you know, the thing that bugged me about the Facebook was when I very first got on it, everybody was all keen. It was neat. All these people reconnecting with me that I'd forgotten about.
2: Okay, Grandpa, they haven't called it the Facebook since its inception. Anyway.
1: I thought it was neat everybody reconnecting, and then I would try and send messages, and I came very quickly to the conclusion that the people that would respond to me and interact with me through this venue were already responding, interacting with me outside of the venue. So I just left. Right. That was like two thousand nine, two thousand ten. So.
2: Yeah, I, I haven't been, been on it in many years. It. So. Uh, my last. Yeah, it's been almost item. a decade. My last news item is the (laughs) smithsonian.com has an excellent article on why walking on Lego is more hazardous to your bare feet than walking on glass or coals. Oh, wow. Okay. So they've actually, you know, consulted some professionals and done some analysis and uh, gone through basically why it's different walking on coals, walking on glass and then walking on Legos. I didn't realize there were actually challenges for, you know, walking on Legos like you walk on glass or coals. Oh there's my actually are kidding me. No, there's actually a Guinness world record for the longest walk on Legos. Oh man. Yeah.
1: It's, these are the same people that want to make pot legal.
2: <laughs> it's fascinating. Um, I, Definitely check out the article. We'll have that uh, posted on our website, smokinganddrinkinginspace.com. Wow.
1: Okay. I'm so confident in humanity's future.
2: (laughs) All right. Well, um, that's all I've got this week. Are you ready for the crawl?
1: Yes, absolutely. Let's do it. We can call it, I don't know, say a pod... The Podcrawl! crawl, Podcrawl! Podcrawl! Pod crawl. Pod crawl. Excellent! Insert it deep! Pod crawl. Kind of like a space suppository full of information.
0: The preparation of a dust mic buffet screens the audience to filter out anyone too squeamish for this movie of bodily fluids and dandruff. In a future where neonatal genetic testing is the norm, baby boy Freeman is dealt a harsh inherited hand and his dick of a father decides he's not worthy of being his namesake. Two years later his designer baby brother is born and the nature versus technology battle begins. Vincent, being the smarter of the two, conceives of a plan to drain his brother of his blood and use it to boost his own physicality like a genetic vampire, but Anton doesn't like sharing so they go for a swim instead. Vincent eventually tires of the sibling rivalry and after saving his brother from drowning, sets off to clean toilets and study astrophysics, like you do. An opportunity arises where Vincent gets to trade places with Jerome, also known as Eugene, as in eugenics, as in what this movie is all about, because Jerome had a fight with a Buick and lost. Vincent has to grow up a little, literally, and start thinking out of his right mind, because he's a lefty, but assumes Jerome's persona and life and gets the gig at Gattaca. Hired as a navigator, a week before he is due to launch to Titan an administrator is murdered and Vincent, as his real self, not his assumed self, is the major suspect due to an eyelash found at the scene. The Bureau of Bodily Fluids and Skin Flakes takes many bodily fluids and skin flakes from many people at Gattaca and from their keyboards and starts the manhunt for the inferior in their midst. Irene, a co-worker so suspicious of Vincent she had a hair analyzed at an eHarmony kiosk, is clued in on his faking after a romantic dinner, dancing, and Vincent going all godchild on a hoover after a, show me your genetics please, raid by the Bureau. This brings the lead investigator of the case, Anton, to Vincent's doorstep, and it turns out it's his little brother. Before Anton can slap cuffs on his big brother, Detective Hugo breaks the case with actual detective work and arrests the administrator. Anton has a final confrontation with his brother and confesses his swimming angst and challenges him to a rematch. While out in the dark, dark ocean, Anton suggests they turn back since they can't see the shore, but Vincent says he's chicken, and Anton says no I'm not, yes you are, no I'm not, yes you are, no I'm Gurgle. Vincent saves his brother again, goes home and readies himself for launch the next day with some sexy time with Irene. On the way to a rocket ship to Titan, a surprise pee test is ordered and Vincent, caught with his pants down and no Jerome-filled pee bag, is prepping to be caught. However, Dr. Dong N. V. Lamar has known the whole time that Vincent was Vincent and not Jerome and lets him pass. Vincent boards the rocket and it launches as Vincent opens an envelope with a lock of Jerome's hair in it and roll we are the stuff of stars credits. And
2: that was Gehetica.
1: There we go.
0: So what do you think?
1: I thought it was pretty good. Um, I didn't agree with the tone of the film that the eugenics was a bad thing. Really? Yeah.
2: So this then this is the first time you've ever seen this, right? Yes. So you don't you didn't agree with the tone of the film. So explain that because I'm I'm not sure. I, I want to well, make sure my, that I
1: understand what you mean. My by first. Tone. My first knee-jerk reaction was, oh, my God, this eugenics thing is horrible. Mm -hmm. It is terrible. How dare they limit people? And I got to thinking at modern man technology and how we've progressed, Mm -hmm. um, both technologically and um, culturally over the various millennia. I mean, there was a time when hunter-gatherers were highly polyamorous. That was considered perfectly fine. It was unnatural to not have multiple partners. Now society views that as wrong. And if you try and do that, you're going to be looked upon as some kind of a, a freak.
2: Well, but I think that's a there, cultural norm and not a genetic one. But but go on.
1: Well, but my point being that We're constantly trying to strive and get better and better. Um, There there are religious groups that are extreme that say, if it's God's will that I live, I'll live. I'm not going to go to the doctor for any kind of medical assistance whatsoever. It's not natural. It goes against the will of God. Okay. And it seems to me that's what this is approaching. You know, they're saying, it's not natural. It's going against the will of God. But I know plenty of people that if they were offered an opportunity, through genetic uh, medicine to fix something within certain parameters, they have no problem with it. Example: If somebody were to say lose a limb in combat, and they said, "Well, would you mind if we put a peg leg on you in place of your leg so that you can at least stand up and hobble around?" People are saying that's fine. What if we made the peg leg look like a human leg? Well, that's great. Go ahead and do that. What if we made it respond and you could actually move around as if it were a leg? Even better, go for it. Hey, what if we just tweak it a little bit and now you can run at 60 miles an hour? Some people start saying, hey, I don't know about that. Other people say, well, okay, I guess. And then we start looking at elective surgery, people that identify as something that they're not genetically born as. Society is currently in the midst of arguing that case back and forth. And what about people that want to get piercings and tattoos? Let's say that we're able to actually find a way to have various types of animal DNA mix and, and be th- able to thrive with human DNA. It's no big deal to get a tongue tattoo, a tongue piercing, or a... Or, uh, uh, any of these other alterations people put like make themselves look like reptilians, what if they could actually inject themselves with something and they could glow like some of these fish you see at the tropical fish store? Or they could actually have the pelt of a tiger or the horns of a ram. It's all a matter of self-expression. So if that's cool and we're constantly trying to make things better, it just seems to me that it would be natural to say, hey, we're going to try and identify what are the problems with an embryo, right? And if we can correct them in utero, let's do it. If we're going, if, and if we're going to improve mankind, we're improving everything else. It seems to me like we're just fighting and kicking at the very same stuff that people did when we started bringing electricity in the houses. And we, and we used to throw rocks and call people demons when they were trying to exhume bodies to do autopsies to better figure out modern medicine. I see this as a natural progression in society.
2: Yes well, so you were talking all about the individual at that point and then you yeah. brought in society, which I think is where the crux of the argument in this movie. It's not necessarily that designer babies are bad or, or genetic manipulation in utero is is bad. It's that the caste system that it's creating is bad. So you are creating, and they've they've got them explicitly labeled in this movie. You have mm-hmm. the valids and the invalids, and mm-hmm. the invalids are definitely being discriminated at, and they they mm-hmm. explicitly state that in the movie that the mm-hmm. that the di- discrimination is down to a science.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. So they're they're not talking about genetic manipulation in and of itself except for the the caste system that it creates within society so you're basically sure. creating haves and have-nots again right and you're you're suppressing some people that may not be able to afford the genetic mm-hmm. manipulation mm-hmm. Um, and you're creating uh, uh, basically the the new aristocracy
1: yes you're dead on right yeah I'm glad we agree,
2: <laughs> but that that that's not exactly the same premise that that you stated
1: in to begin with. I just I was trying to keep it real brief. I thought I went a little bit long. Actually, right. no, I agree. Societies are made up of individuals, and if enough people start doing something, they're going to become a caste. We've got an aristocracy right now. We got a caste system right now. It's sure. the nature of humanity. I
2: I don't know that it's the nature of humanity. I mean, What's I think. Been going on a while? I think uh, a lot of it has to do with. I don't think that castes are the nature of humanity. I think castes come about from some aspects of human nature and some aspects yeah. of, and not necessarily human nature, but but cultural, yeah. cultural beliefs. Yeah. So I mean, there's there's some societies that that don't have, you know, haves and have-nots. Um,
1: a lot mm-hmm. of those
2: are are smaller and more tribal or communal. Uh, and get societies. crushed. They don't necessarily get crushed.
1: Native America.
2: Well, so you can't just lump all of native Native America in, into one kind of societal norm. Well, there you were have there were various so nations
1: and certainly,
2: and they all had different cultural social structures.
1: Yes, they did.
2: The main, the but main. Look point at where of, they're at now. Well, a lot of that had to do with with technological advances.
1: Yes. Would you say the, this is a technological advance?
2: It is, but it's a technological advance that could be available to everyone. Ah, but see, where's the profit in that? Uh, yeah, and that goes to a large portion of of why there's such a discrepancy now. And while mm-hmm. we have some sort of uh, implicit caste system now, and that mm-hmm. pertains a lot to you know
1: the human nature but of greed, why is Pop such a popular movie? It was
2: not a popular movie when it came out. Yeah, it's though. got a
1: big cult. It's got a big cult following. Yes, now. yes, it but, does. But it's such a popular movie now. Yes, there's a lot of people that refer back to it. I was doing an interesting uh, little read on some stuff about how they were using this at the University of Texas and some sociology classes. Right.
2: Yeah, I mean, and NASA actually uh, rated this movie the most likely to happen, um, even, oh, above, uh, yeah, yeah. even above like, you know, things like Contact and Jurassic mm-hmm. Park. It's the most plausible mm-hmm. sci-fi movie that had been made as of, I guess, whenever they did that article, which was like 2008 or 2009,
1: somewhere yeah. in right there. Yeah, yeah. But don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that I. I'm not giving you that I think it's right or wrong. I'm just telling you it seems highly plausible, I don't see what the problem is with it based upon the current trends that we're ex- experiencing right now in my life. Well,
2: there's there are still a lot of ethical implications with uh, in utero genetic manipulation and um, and eugenics in general that still need to be sorted out before we even. Begin to tread down that road. However, it seems yeah, that what, recently there's already been uh, a scientist, and I want to say it's in China, but I'll double check. Yeah, yeah,
1: the twin girls, and there's a third, or a third, or a second pregnancy coming along. Yeah,
2: that that they've used CRISPR to already manipulate their genetic yeah. structure. So well, let me ask
1: me ask you a question. Sure. You are very scientifically minded. And I've always, that's one of the things I just think is amazing about you and our friendship is how clear and clean your mind is. It's just remarkable how well you look at things. We, for some reason, have no problem, with the exception of maybe the lottery, have no problem eliminating as much random chance as possible in day to day life, except when it comes to breeding.
0: Well, I mean, and we have that's not we true have either. quality
1: control on clothing manufacturing, auto manufacturing. What mm-hmm. about human manufacturing?
2: So, and and we do actually have that now. We have in utero genetic testing uh, for you know genetic diseases that we can sure. detect, and then we do that early enough that if there's some major complication that is likely to happen, then. You know, the parents can make that decision at that point. Um, so, yeah, but we why have,
1: abort when you can correct?
2: Because we, I don't think the technology has advanced enough to verify that if we correct something, we're not going to fuck something else up yet. I mean, we don't want to go in with CRISPR on an embryo to correct a, a genetic malady and. Mm. F- fuck that embryo up so that when it's born, it's even worse off than what it
1: was before. Obviously you want to make sure some things are done in the lab and and worked out. So once it's all about assuming
2: it's all about risk reduction. And I don't think the risk reduction is there because the risk of, you know, screwing something else up is still there as well.
1: Well, what if we could fix it so you could fix mom and dad? So they didn't have any recessive genes that were, bad and they could make healthy kids How would that be? well but
2: but you can't do that because i mean their genes are in their gametes right the, that's yeah. what they pass on to yeah. to their child and so right, you, right. you would have to do that on on that level with with their their the sex cells um yeah. and I, you could do that with i guess in vitro fertilization, which is what they did in this movie.
1: Exactly.
2: Um but again, you're still manipulating with things that I don't think we're quite there yet. I don't think we're at the point where we can say, yes, we can manipulate this gene. But here, they and it's were not in gonna, the
1: movie though.
2: They were in the movie. And that's and I'm not saying that the I'm not saying that the genetic manipulation in the movie was necessarily the crux of the movie. It was The availability of that genetic manipulation to the populace in that movie and the caste society and the discrimination that it brought about is what the movie is about. It's not the the genetic manipulation. It's the Yeah,
1: one of the things I found lacking was they, they did not talk about they didn't really, in in my opinion, adequately address the cost or other um barriers that might prevent someone from having access to this technology it was a choice by the parents or at least by one of the parents mom talked dad into just going for it in the back of the car and it seems like what we are I, I mean if i if i had to 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 throw the dice on this there is a, a a big enough segment of society that thinks it's wrong to do this. Not I mean, assuming the technology is sound because there weren't any monsters walking around in the movie. Mm-hmm. You either did it and it worked, or you didn't do it and you had to try and make it within the cast system. Mm-hmm. All things being equal, the technology is sound. The technology is there. There are just some people that think that we shouldn't have that power. Not that the power isn't available or that it doesn't work. It's just we just don't think we should do it. Well, okay, you've chosen to put yourself a couple of steps behind everybody else in the race of life.
2: But is that fair? Is that fair? Is that sure. right? How is that fair? How, how is it fair to actually have a caste system based on whether your genetics were manip- manipulated or not? I mean, it was because was everybody has
1: access to it.
2: No, 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 no. It doesn't matter at that point. So, Vincent wasn't any less intelligent than anybody else in Gattaca. In fact, he was probably one of the most intelligent people there. He True, made it that, in that on his own marriage.
1: Yeah, they kept talking about his heart.
2: Yeah, he had a heart defect, but even with that heart defect, he overcame that and was still able to do the physical activity that was required well, to be on up the. Up to guy. that
1: point, up to that point, he hadn't reached the age that they said that it could start proving to be. A no,
2: he did. He said he was ten thousand heartbeats uh, over what he was
1: estimated oh, to live. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's yeah. Right. Okay. He okay.
2: had lived past the age that they predicted for him.
1: Right. Well. But how is this any different than when an insurance company says, I'm not going to insure you or make you pay a higher rate because you've got greater risk?
2: Well, and that's that's one of the things that, you know, you have to look at. So actuarial is a little bit different. It's again about risk reduction, but the way insurance works is by the law of large numbers. So what you want to do is you want to put those high risk individuals in a pool a much larger pool with low risk individuals so that you spread that risk across all of the individuals and everybody's rates are lowered. That's, that's what they tried to do with the affordable care act that got just totally fucked well, up.
1: Well, they never should have put it in the hands of profit based companies.
2: Exactly. And that's, that's a lot of where, you know, the, the rising cost of health care and insurance comes from is that profit, uh, that, you know, Search for profits. The, yeah, the, that the hunt for profits. Yeah. Right, the incentive. Right. Thank you. I was trying to pull that fucking that's out okay. of my head. That's okay. It it's been a long it week. It's been a long week. Um, so but I mean that that's the way the insurance system is supposed to work. That's the way actuarials are working, is it, it's risk reduction based on a
1: on a larger, lower risk pool. I'm still not seeing the difference between that and the movie. What do you mean? They're spreading the risk. They're letting the people. He can apply. That does not stop the discrimination, which I think he is he fine, did but, in, but in, I know he did. And like, like he was saying, a handshake, uh, your, your tongue off the edge of an envelope, they can find that DNA information test to see what yeah. you are. and, and a just test, yeah. Yeah, well, it happens all the time in society. So what you're saying is, the, the movie, I don't think it's about the technology so much as it is about the nature of man. And I don't think we should limit ourselves from technology because we haven't figured out how to modify the nature of man yet.
2: And I'm not saying that, you know, technology is not eventually going to get to the point where, yeah, we could actually do this safely and that it should be banned. I'm saying that to discriminate against somebody who decided not to do it or didn't have the affordability to do it or didn't have the opportunity to do it, because, I mean, this is an in utero thing. It's not like the the zygote that's sitting there on the placental wall. Or actually, they do it before that. It's it's in in vitro, so mm-hmm. it's not like the clump of cells that they just fertilized. The blast blastist blastist mm-hmm. that they just fertilized has a choice. This is this is a parental choice. So exactly, if the parents decide not to do it. Why are you going to have somebody suffer a lifetime of discrimination
1: because of that? And how is that any different than where mom and da- what mom and dad do for themselves to prepare themselves to be parents? Why should a wealthy person not be able to put their kids in the finest schools with the best doctors and the best neighborhoods with the lowest crime rates? We cannot have socialism. It will not work. You cannot, with man's current nature have all of society in control and sharing all of the resources, all of the property and all of the currency. It will not work.
2: You can't do it with all of the resources, but you can do it with some resources. You can do it with healthcare. I think healthcare should
1: be a human right.
2: You can't. Yes, I agree with, with you
1: there. It should be a right. You can't have life, liberty or pursue a damn thing. If you're sick or die, I agree. But, but the,
2: but the, the Capitalism versus socialism argument is irrelevant, I think, in this case because you're still talking about discrimination.
1: Yeah, that's that's the, I think that's the main thing in the movie is discrimination. And until people evolve to the point to where they literally are not going to do anything but love their fellow man, the rest is all academic. There's always going to be something that creates different social groups within this primate-based culture that we live in.
2: Yes, but we should still strive to eliminate discrimination. Just because we can't do, you know, something about it right now all the way doesn't mean that we shouldn't try.
1: Well, last I checked, the Matrix tried to do that, and everybody of shutting down. <laughs> Got to have the conflict, baby. Oh, God. I know, that's oversimplifying it. <laughs> but the thing, but the, the deal is, until we can change that aspect of of our of our genetic makeup things are going to always be set aside because that discrimination that you're talking about that racism honestly in the very beginnings and we're only about three steps out of the cave two steps away from the tree in my opinion we're not that far from the crudes. Those the, the discrimination, the racism, where it is based, was originally a survival tool. That new creature coming over the hill is shaped like me, but it has a different color hair. Could it be a threat?
2: So I reject that premise because studies have shown that that babies aren't racist. They're not.
1: So I, if it I never was said genetic, they were. I'm talking. I'm talking an adult thing. I know, we, but, we but if it was that,
2: genetic or instinctual, babies well, all right, babies I misspoke.
1: Would... I misspoke. You're right. You're right. You're right you're right. I'm wrong. I used the wrong phrase. It is a cultural survival technique that has proven to be more right than wrong because society has continued to thrive. Well, and I we think have society we have, to, we have to change
2: that. I think society has perpetuated that, that cultural thinking. Uh, and I, yeah, I don't know the, the
1: evolutionary psychology. That's kind of a uh, well, I, that's a dangerous that's, thing for me because I don't think humans have uh, uh, yeah, instinct anymore. Th- we have intellect.
2: Well, I think evolutionary psychology is kind of a, a sham anyway. That's that's kind of a, a hotbed of debate right now. Um, but I think that – I think discrimination, especially racism, uh, is more of a recent cultural phenomenon than – You think? Yeah.
1: I think it's been going on since the man.
2: No, I don't think so I bet I think, you there was uh, issues
1: between Cro-Magnon And Neanderthal And uh, Homo sapien I, I bet you there were Because they look different well, I could they'd, see people doing that maybe I don't even I can see some people being drawn to it they find that interesting we don't have writings
2: from back then because that was no history but
1: no but I mean just like we only base it upon what we are and one of the things that we have proven through science is that the way human the human mind observes and processes data is so highly inefficient we have to have machines do it for us
2: well I mean certain certain sensory inputs
1: yes yeah yeah So, I mean, we're all flawed in that regard, but I really do, since the movie did not address a cost or any kind of inhibition, it was simply, do you want to do it or not? It's not like society was mandating it and he was an illegal birth. That would have opened up a whole new box. So that
2: even, I mean, that even makes the, why is there such discrimination? I think it goes back to the
1: insurance adjusting thing.
2: More of a crux because... Well, but it's it's not just at Gattaca. So, even NASA screens their astronauts for for mm. health maladies, right? And mm. I can understand that you don't want somebody uh, up on the up on the space station suddenly having a heart attack that you could have predicted, because that that causes a, a major medical and you know Certainly. emergency,
1: and they could put other could, people in danger.
2: Right, and so you want to reduce that risk. I can understand Certainly. that. But did you see they wore three fucking piece suits onto a rocket going to Titan? Yeah, doll, I it's knew you were going like, to go there. It's not like this is not just some routine.
1: And they've emission. got some kind of G-Force compensator going on, right. too, because his hair, his so, face wasn't moving. And they had
2: a launch like every other day. There were
1: four yeah. different
2: launches in the week span uh, that this movie took place on. Yeah. So yeah. this is a routine flight that they're taking. This is this is something they do all the time. So sure. it's it's not like they need to have such rigorous screening as what they do at NASA at this point. Not only well, that I, but I honestly
1: he, think it's about profit. I think it's about money. The company's looking at how much money and time are we going to invest in this person and are we going to get a return off of it? Yes, we can get a return off all the applicants, but these five applicants are have the Greatest opportunity to give us the the highest return versus these other guys, so, so we're well, going to go no. with those. I can they're I just, can certainly
2: see the the just take away the fact aspect. that they're
1: human beings, Jason. <laughs> just take away the fact that they're human beings and replace them. Say they're microwave ovens, and you will not have an issue with this. <laughs> this is microwave oven control. with save your heart. This is oh, I wish I could get a microwave oven that would last me 30 years. That's built what do they call it it's built in um so that it breaks down obsolescence th- Yes, built in obsolescence. Thank you. Man, my vocabulary has gone to just crap this week. But yeah, I mean if you take out humans and replace it with any other inanimate object or even just an animal, makes perfect sense. We do it with breeding cattle, we do it with raising racehorses, we do it with dogs, we do it with cars, we do it with tire manufacturer, but goddamn, you do it with a human being, that's not right. It's it, it the math is the math, man.
2: Well, and and you're right, and I agree with you there. I don't think that was the point of the movie. I think the that's point of the I movie That's what I was getting from it. Yeah, I think the point of the movie is not that, you know, we shouldn't be doing genetic manipulation. It's that we need to be very careful if we decide to because of the possible ramifications of eugenics on society.
1: And people need to realize if they don't get with the program, they're going to be left behind. But we will we leave a human behind.
2: No, we shouldn't leave anybody behind. We shouldn't discriminate. Against well, actually, we're not leaving because, them
1: behind. The bus is there. They're just choosing not to get on board. Uh, but
2: the bus should be available to get on board if they
1: want. So, if it willing, is, mom and dad decided to hook up outside of what was the the. I won't necessarily say accepted, but the, the they weren't didn't want to be a part of the progress. The bus was there. No charge for the ticket. Come oh, on aboard. so it's a
2: metaphorical bus you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. Oh, They're
1: like, okay. come on in. It's here.
2: And so they should be relegated to cleaning toilets because mom and dad didn't want, wanted to do things the natural way. Makes sense.
1: Yeah. Well, look at how, look at how kids, we have some kids that, you, have you not met anybody? Like, I can't believe that kid or those people are raising their kid that that's acceptable. Maybe a religious doctrine or a custom in the house or the way they treat women.
2: Okay. When they're raising their kid, but once that kid leaves the house, are Mm -hmm. you going to discriminate against that kid because they have different beliefs, but they want to work at the same company as you?
1: What if those go hand in hand though? Like what if you've got a misogynist parents that make a misogynist kid? I don't want that misogynist kid at my company.
2: But if that misogynist kid doesn't express his misogyny at your company, and doesn't express it in a way that's against company policy, you really don't have a choice. But
1: we, I'm not saying that it's right. I'm not saying that we discriminate so much. Discriminations. I mean, discrimination is a word. I mean, when used to the negative, of course, it's negative. But I also, you you could take the word discriminate and put it in a synonym called uh, 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 discerning, right? Uh, I, no, can I, I can I discriminate. Think. I can discriminate. I can discriminate or discern between wines. No, can you can discern
2: between wines. That's that's telling the difference between wines.
1: There's differences between people.
2: There are differences between people, but when you start discriminating based on those differences and... Don't I discriminate when I purchase one wine over another? Well, you may have a preference, but wine doesn't have, you know, like civil rights and shit.
1: Oh, here we go. Back to the people thing again. They are commodities. You are a commodity. I am a commodity. Corporations have rights. Humans are commodities.
2: Okay. (laughs) No, so you're doing the the corporations or people thing, but Mm -hmm. I'm talking about society, not corporations. (laughs) We're talking about a movie, man. I know. And we're talking about the societal ramifications of genetics in the movie, not the corporate. Corporate really didn't even have much to do with this. In fact, I don't even think this was a corporation. This might have been a governmental agency.
1: Might have been. Might be tougher in the corporate world. It might be. I really think but it might
2: be. In the, in the movie, they said that across all aspects of society, that invalids were being discriminated against. Mm-hmm. In fact, if it was illegal to discriminate, but they said that it it's done anyway. In fact, to get yeah. in the Gattaca building, you had to give a blood sample that told if mm-hmm. you were a valid or invalid. Oh, yeah. What, when so my the grandmother, discrimination was out on display. When my grandmother
1: was alive, she had the house rentals. And if she saw somebody come up, you know, she could not discriminate who she rented to, but she could certainly raise the price of that rent on a moment's notice during an interview. If she didn't like the way somebody looked. That house might go from five, six hundred dollars a month up to a thousand. And if she got caught doing that, she could have gotten. Busted and the movie, for it. and the movie also said if they got caught doing it, they could get busted for it. But it still
2: happened. But we're talking on a micro scale with your grandmother and a macro scale on the society of the movie.
1: Or like how women don't make as much money as men in America? Yeah. That's a macro scale, not a micro.
2: It is.
1: Do you think that's right? No. Well, then I why don't. Why are you arguing equal for the Equal work for equal pay. Because work is simply output and production. This is talking about the most effective part in the machine. When we're talking about equal pay for equal work, we're talking about the finished products already produced. If this person can make as many boxes as that person, they should not be discriminated against based upon their gender. It's all about profit.
2: But the whole point of the movie is that an invalid did the equal work as all of the valids, but he would have been discriminated against if he hadn't done what he
1: did, because he's take a on 30, the persona th-
2: of another valid.
1: Right, because I don't want to put a 30,000-mile worker on my car. I want a 70,000-mile worker on my car. It might That 70,000-mile tire might wear out faster than that 30,000-mile tire, but statistics will say that 70,000-mile tire normally will outperform and outlast the 30,000-mile tire given both are treated the same way. And if you want to discriminate against tires,
2: you go for it. You discriminate against tires all you want.
1: (laughs) You've got to look at this from the corporate, from the government. You can't look at it from the individual human.
2: And corporate does not equal government. They are two different entities and people are no, keep-
1: together today in America. It's called neo-fascism, but go ahead.
2: <laughs> they are two different concepts <laughs> and people who think that, you know, businessmen can run government are incorrect you cannot run government apparently like government america does. think that's you the way to go right I, now i know and i don't agree <laughs> with it and it's, it's f- false but yeah let's let's You not just want to wake up don't you you just want to wake up i know
1: it's been a <laughs> year nightmare almost three years <laughs> oh i know but the stocks in frito lay are going up 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 <sighs> it ain't easy being cheesy
2: all right, but so we're at an impasse on on our exact interpretation of the movie, which is fine. You, we—that's we fine. It's, we can it's agree good
1: to disagree. It was a. It was if an anything, that should encourage people to watch.
2: Yes, you definitely need to watch this movie. It is very thought provoking. It's, it's a little. It's a little sad. It is. It is. It's but, a little
1: sad, guys. This isn't like you know a Star Wars thing where there's lots of action, and this is a very well written. In my opinion, it was not given the justice it was due at theaters for whatever reason. No, there must it have wasn't. been a Spider-Man movie out or something. But well-regarded
2: uh, by critics too, and I don't. Understand, yeah, yeah. So I don't understand why it didn't do as well. I, I, the box there office. had
1: to have been a blockbuster something going know. on. Maybe I'm thinking. I mean, and, and look at the cast they had: Uma Thurman, Ethan Hawke, Jude Law. My God, right. Alan Arkin. This was. Tony yeah, oh, I love And seeing. Oh, I know. And and. See, now, Shalhoub, I'm, I'm a huge fan. Yeah, it could take I take like off. Shalhoub. I've seen him do comedy. I've seen him do drama. It was great. But Alan Arkin, I don't see him playing a, a straight character very often. Usually, he's into the comedy. Right, right. And he did such a good job.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, one great. of
1: the hardest laughs I've ever had in my life was Alan Arkin. He was, he was doing an interview with, um, oh, God, Meathead from All in the Family.
2: Oh, um, uh, uh, Reiner, Carl uh, Reiner, no, Rob, Rob Reiner, is Rob Reiner, son.
1: because Alan Arkin and Carl, uh, Alan Arkin and and Carl uh, Reiner are friends, okay. and Rob, Rob Reiner, I figure or Rob
2: Reiner it... would be closer. Okay, to Okay, wait, 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 Arkin's okay, it was Rob right? and Carl are friends. No, Rob and Carl are father and son.
1: Right, right. Is Rob Reiner the
2: same age as Carl? No, Carl Reiner is the old one. He's is he's Alan the father.
1: Arkin the same age as Rob Reiner? I think
2: he's close to the same age. Yes.
1: Okay, then they're the buddies, and they grew up underneath Rob Reiner's dad. Right. Anyway, the three of them are hilarious. Oh, I can when imagine you get them together. Oh, and then the you probably get Mel Brooks in there, and they're
2: probably oh, all well, fucking in stitches.
1: But then, and then you get the guy that does. Uh, he was he was uh, Tom Cruise's little sidekick and A Few Good Men. He does the uh, Christopher Walken uh, imitation oh, uh, so well. Oh, Kevin Pollack. Yes. Apparently, Pollack was doing an Alan Arkin imitation on his answering machine decades ago. <laughs> and somebody got a hold of that number and started spreading it around. And he said, I kept getting these phone calls and hang-ups with no message. And it turned out it was, it was all these celebrities because they say, My God, that does sound just like Alan. <laughs> and when he finally did hear one that left a message, it was Rob Reiner. And he was like, My God, that sounds just like my buddy. And then he's like, Oh, that's amazing. And then he realized, oh my God, that's Rob Reiner on my phone. I went to go answer it, and he'd already hung up. But then he got lucky because Carl Dad called. And he snatched up the phone and they got to talking. And apparently his dad finally got Alan Arkin to call (laughs) and listen to the machine. And he left a message and it's like, you know, I can't even begin to do an Alan Arkin. But it was so funny. I was about to soil myself. But then to see him, to see him playing such a just straight, dark, almost apathetic character. Oh, I know. Yeah, it's, Alan Arkin is
2: a, is an extremely great actor,
1: and the Reiners. God, you got to think. I mean, I haven't seen anything they've touched I haven't liked. Right, right. They're just both of them, father and son. My God, they're amazing. And Mel Brooks, get out of here! I can't even stop. It makes me. Mel Brooks does such a good stuff. I want to break into a rendition of "I'm Tired." I can't. <laughs> It just, they're geniuses. They're geniuses. Yeah, they really are. Um, but yeah, my basic thing, I just want people to know this is a very well-written movie. There's not a whole lot of action. There's a lot of intrigue, a lot of really good character development. And it poses what I think is a major issue in society. Every few generations, something comes up that challenges us on a sociological level. And ultimately that comes down to an individual level, a matter of choice. There are people that have to make choices in life every day. And sometimes those choices can fundamentally affect our existence. Is it wrong for somebody to be able to genetically manipulate an embryo into being the best human being it could possibly be? Is it fair? Well, let's look at other areas that we do it at. Commonly, regularly, there are wealthy people that have a lot more advantages than poor people. I, myself, and I know Jason was too, we were raised broke, you know? Right. And and we could have had an entirely different life, possibly. Better or worse, I'll never know. If we'd had some of the advantages of our wealthier contemporaries. But... We as parents will also admit that there are certain things that we've tried to instill in our children to give them an advantage, a leg up. And I do not, I personally, without playing devil's advocate, because I do a lot of that on the show, I'm not playing devil's advocate here. I'm being dead serious. I will always back up somebody wanting to do the absolute best for their investiture, for their children and their future generations of their family. Hopefully within the parameters of law, we don't want to break the law, but it just makes sense. We want to try and have the best for our kids so that they can move forward and be successful in a world that is not fair. And I have stepped off the soapbox.
2: Well said, well said. Good job. So... I really liked the tone of this movie. Um, mm-hmm. I liked that they didn't go futuristic with it. I liked that they went retro, like 50s they, and they 60s They had that style. car.
1: They had that car. What car? That car you got plug in.
2: Well, yes. All the cars had electric engines, but they were all but 60s they,
1: models cars. But they let us drive them, too. Yeah, yeah. They weren't them auto-driving things.
2: Uh, all of the architecture was, uh, you know, postmodern architecture. Yeah. This was a very, very well done movie in terms it of was. tone and set design and costuming. All the costuming was very retro. And mm-hmm. it's just a beautiful movie. Well written all all the way around. Well, acted. well I
1: have to admit, I like the lapels and the ties. <laughs> I hate how the collars on dress shirts nowadays are getting so open. Really? Yeah. If I don't know how to tie a double Windsor, I can't cover up that top button with a single handover knot anymore. Oh yeah, on a lot of the newer shirts, and that irritates me because I don't like the double Windsor because I always end up looking like Ollie from Laurel and Hardy <laughs> because the tie is only nine inches long. It stops just around my sternum. Drop.
2: You know they make longer ties.
1: Uh, I, I have to, I've got a closet full of perfectly good ties. And now I gotta tie them different. So this damn shirt says, oh,
2: I don't like change. All right. All right
1: then. Um, so I bet we have the same lush and black lung award on this one. Oh, you think so? Oh, I'm thinking so. I think I might surprise you. Really?
2: Yeah. So why don't I'm you gonna go, go ahead? Obvious. Why don't you go ahead and do your black lung? Black lung's Jude Law. Okay.
1: And who's your head lush? Jude Law. Yeah, so I... He was even offending the testing machine they had.
2: He was, he was. So I went a little bit of a different direction here. I combined my Black Lung and Head Lush Award into what? uh, A Lush Lung Award? Ooh, a slushy lung. Yeah, because Vincent... At the restaurant when they were celebrating,
1: oh, when he blew that smoke yes. into the wine goblet. So,
2: so Jerome asked, "What's Titan like this time of year?" And he blew that big puff of smoke into the into the wine goblet, and then subsequently drank, drank it. That wine, but and did you not know half him? of that smoke? No, no, no. He blew if you some go back of it and- out. But if there was you, still yeah, he, some smoke in there that he, ah, that he, it's ended just up that drinking. smoky
1: oaky flavor. <laughs> yeah.
2: So he's getting my Lush Lung award for this episode.
1: Ah, just because he had a cool moment. Yes. All right. All right. <laughs>
2: cool moment. So who's got your player?
1: Oh, the player award's going to be Vincent's mom or Victor's mom. Vincent? Yeah. Yeah. Vincent, the, the, uh, uh Ethan Hawk's mom.
2: Yeah, Vincent's mom.
1: Yeah, because she talked Dad into going on that <laughs> Peel that pork skin off and let's get primal. That's
2: right, in, it. in the back of a Buick.
1: Yeah, oh, baby. My Actually, <laughs> my first time was in the back of a Buick. Oh, it was of course, great. it would be. <laughs> it was. You never saw the '73 Lesaver, but it had room. <laughs> It had room enough for me and one of the few that didn't run away screaming in the night. She was actually there by choice. Nice. Nice. Yeah, she thought I was great. Then I found out she was nuts.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So my player award is going to go to Irene. Because she had Vincent's character wrapped so far around her finger that he had to dodge traffic without his glasses to
1: get over oh, the other. Dude, side. that's Why? not even fair. Uma Thurman's got you and I like that right now. Oh yeah, I would. I would Are you kidding traffic. me? Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, I would. I would do it. She's gorgeous. Why didn't she park on the other side of the fucking highway?
1: I don't know. (laughs) Maybe it's about how the lighting can hit those amazing eyes. I don't know. It might be because, yeah. She's just a work of art.
2: All right. Who's got your purple hippo?
1: Purple hippo, Wart. I'm staying with Jude Law. The dude put himself in an incinerator, man. Yeah, he did. That was a very Buddhist moment. I mean... Oh, man. I can't... Ooh, God, that being deep. able to sit there and... Oh, wow. Mm, what a way to go. It's terrible. I mean, it, let we could write... We could do a thesis just on the self-loathing the man was experiencing to contemplate that, much less go through with it. I know. Oh. Yeah, that's... But yeah, he's got my purple hippo. I, I really hope the character was able to find some release in self-immolation because that's wow. Yeah. I would have much preferred just drinking myself to death. <laughs> you no know, kidding. I mean there's other ways you could have gone. Let's start snapping the filters off those Marlboros.
2: Yeah. Or actually, <laughs> but, you know, traveling and drinking yourself to death,
1: but right, um, right. Was, you know, or maybe was... pleasuring yourself to death. Too much good food, too many beautiful women, too much and got nice loud music. He was definitely a very broken character. Oh, bless his heart. I mean, I felt it halfway through the movie. I actually just seeing him, just his physical nonverbal communication was enough to bring down the lighting.
2: Oh, I know. The acting in this movie was tremendous.
1: I mean, (laughs) it really was. I would put this up against something like some of the greats people talk about, like Casablanca, which I really think is a bit over overdone, over touted. But this was really very well done. I mean, I, I lost track of time.
2: Yeah, I mean, this is probably one of the best movies that we reviewed, so. All right, what about you? Your Purple Hippo? So my Purple Hippo is uh, is going to go to Vincent. So you went Jude Law with three. I went with Vincent for three. So because he dodged traffic without his glasses to get over to yeah. Thurman. Uh, you know, that was definitely
1: a, a scene. Yeah, but what sane heterosexual man wouldn't yeah again
2: I, <laughs> yeah, you're right you're it's
1: right. uma thurman but look at the stuff he did i mean talk about chasing your dream oh yeah i mean it, breaking this is, your legs and then extending them right
2: so i think they do that i, I mean i think that's an actual procedure that you can, it is you can i know some, i've, I've I heard of some use, little
1: people that that go through that
2: i think they use cadaver bones
1: for that but
2: yeah, I mean that's he definitely wanted this. More
1: well, they can than- also do it with him. I, I imagine they went with cadaver bones because the, because when they brought out that circular saw, but a lot of times what they'll do is they'll literally just fracture the bones. They'll already have those uh, look like uh, driving struts to me on the outside of the legs and they'll just do micro fractures. And then you just crank a little bit on each side and it just stretches the bone and then it knits and then you crack it again and then you stretch.
2: Yeah. And so they, they, yeah, they basically ossify the bone as they, as they elongate them. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I've Um, heard about that procedure being used on some, on some little people, but boy, man.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's another kind of, theme of the movie is even with all of the, all of the cards, you know, in their hand, all of the winning, winning cards in their hand, those that were valids didn't have the drive and motivation to necessarily succeed. I mean, look at, look at Jerome. He was bred to be a, a champion swimmer and he got silver and it mm-hmm. crushed him. Mm-hmm. He, uh, he, he, he basically was, was dealt a winning hand and didn't have the motivation to, to see it
1: out. He was in failure.
2: Oh, my God. I was wondering when you were going to bring out the German. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: simple, simple. I
2: thought you were going to do it a lot earlier because of the pod crawl whenever
1: I said genetics, please. but Oh, God. It was so hard to bite my tongue. But no, um, yeah, but to see, at the same time, there, this happens a lot with kids even today. I don't know that you could pass that off just, you know, being unique to this particular experiment.
2: No, it's um, not.
1: There, there are kids that, like, make straight A's all the way through public school. They get to college, hit some real competition, and they just can't handle it. They get a B and they jump off a tower. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's tragic. It's absolutely tragic. It happens. You can be among the best, but still not be the best. Right. And I think a lot of that falls into, I mean, you know, I'm not trying. It's like these people that say that, well, you know, even Einstein failed math. No, he did not.
2: No. He never did.
1: That's something that somebody said to their sad little kid to try and make them feel better. And it's come part of this. Oh God, I hate it when they do that. Yeah. But yeah. anyway, um, yeah. The thing is, but there is value in failure, so long as you learn from it. There's nothing wrong with losing, as well, long as you know and, you've done your best and you can improve.
2: And it's that's fine. how that's how you improve. Is you, you have to fail sometimes in yeah. order to identify your weak spots and improve upon them.
1: And so, you know, I wouldn't necessarily say that it was the procedure and, and this thing that made him want to kill himself and ruin his life because it could have just as easily been something else because that, that, that occurs in our current society even now.
2: Well, but that he, he specifically said that after he had lost, you know, after he'd gotten the silver and didn't get the gold – that he walked into traffic. He wasn't drunk. It wasn't an accident. He did it on purpose. And yeah. then he ended up fucking up, fucking that up, and didn't kill himself. So.
1: Right. Well, probably a little bit of survival instinct kicked in on a subconscious level. I would think.
2: Eh, maybe, but I mean, we're in the movie. We're led to believe that that he wanted to end it at that point, and it just didn't happen. So he he had to mm-hmm. make do, and and he finally kind of ooh, altruistically, ooh. you know.
1: What? I just thought of something. What. I just got taken back to 11th grade English literature.
2: Did they have English back then?
1: They did. Yes. Thank you. Professor Ookla (laughs) would get his Captain Caveman (laughs) limb out and point to the handprints on the wall. You shit. Unfrozen caveman English teacher. (laughs) Captain Caveman. But yeah. um, No. Random chance. With the births. Random chance. With walking out into the traffic. Yeah, he was not of random chance. He was intentional. He was he was a valid, but right. it was invalidation that defeated him. Yeah, dude. Yeah, deep that's a good oh, This has been a fun one.
2: It has. So, are we ready to pick our next movie? Oh hell yeah! All right. Well, we've got a new entry on the list. I added Night Flyers. So we're still at the old uh, night flyers or the new
1: night flyers. The new one.
2: Okay. So uh we still have 112 titles on the list. You need to make a you need to pick a number between 2 and 113. 111. 111. One, one. Oh. This is going to be a fun one. Okay. So next week, we're going to discuss the movie where Marty McFly, a 17-year-old high school student, is accidentally sent 30 years into the past a DeLorean, invented by his close friend, the maverick scientist Doc Brown. We're going to discuss- Well,
1: I had nothing else to do. I was just uh, trying to make a bologna sandwich.
2: We're going to discuss 1985's Back to the Future, starring Michael J. Fox, Christopher Lloyd, Leah Thompson, and directed by Robert Zemeckis.
1: And I just happen to have a Blu-ray player with 1.21 gigawatts.
2: Yeah, yeah. So. That's we are awesome. To go. Yeah, it's going nice. to be fun. Gonna cool. be fun. Well, thanks for joining us, everyone. Our intro and outro music is Welcome Home by Cambo. Pod, crawl Music is Snack Mix My Machete. If you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, Podchaser, and Blueberry. You can leave us feedback at smokinganddrinkinginspace.com, on Twitter at Satis underscore podcast, or email us at smokinganddrinkinginspace at Outlook.com. I'm Jason.
1: I'm Red. And don't forget to include some DNA on those submissions so we can make sure whether or not your questions are truly valid. And <laughs> yeah, we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.